Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for August 29th, 2010. Uh, switching gears a little bit here, we're going to go, this next article is entitled EPA Surrenders to the NRA on the Gun Control Issue. Now, I put out an email yesterday and regarding this. Uh, this just came out, uh, I guess, a couple days ago. In a swift and unexpected decision, the Environmental Protection Agency today rejected a petition from the environmental groups to ban the use of lead, lead in bullets and shotgun shells, uh, claiming it doesn't have jurisdiction to weigh on the controversial Second Amendment issue. The decision came just hours after the Drudge Report posted stories from the Washington Whisperers and the Weekly Standard about how gun groups were fighting the lead bullet ban. The EPA had planned to solicit public response to the petition for two months, but this afternoon issued a statement rejecting a 100-page request from the Center for Biological Diversity and the American Bird Conservancy and three other groups for a ban on lead bullets, shot, and fishing sinkers. The agency is still considering what to do about the sinkers. The decision was a huge victory for the National Rifle Association, which just seven days ago asked the EPA uh, to reject the petition, suggesting that it was a backdoor attempt to limit hunting and impose gun control. It was also a very politically savvy move to take gun control off the table as Democrats are getting ready for a very difficult midterm election. Well, Obama had everything to do with this as well. He was basically trying to ban all lead bullets, which would essentially take away all the ammo, which is exactly what they're trying to do. Gun control, it's been proven time and time and time again over history. And I read that chart, I don't know, it was probably about a month ago or a little bit more, on how when somebody, when a country implements gun control, that's when they start executing people. If they can get gun control passed, and now I understand, Britain has it and Australia has it, and look how great it's worked out for them. Their crime rates have soared through the roof because now the only ones that have the guns are the criminals. Because the criminals will still get the guns no matter what. But when you ban guns from law-abiding law citizens, then the criminals can run roughshod over everybody. And then that gives the government more excuse to implement more totalitarian measures. It's all by design. But when you look back at Hitler and Stalin and Pol Pot and all these guys, once they got gun control in, that's when you know they started executing in earnest. And so... This was uh, a, a very good thing that actually happened. Now, I'm not a fan of the NRA. I don't think they take things near far enough. Um, I would say if you're going to be in any organization, being gun, owner, gun owners of America. But um, in this particular instance, I would have to. I'm, I'm happy with what they were able to accomplish. And again, I put out an email on this yesterday with a petition, and this already got struck down. But just understand. They'll just take a different tact. They'll just tra- take a different tack on this and they'll try to ram it down our throats some other way. So just because they did this this week doesn't mean next week they're not going to be trying the same thing under some different uh, bill or whatever. Next, we're going to listen to a short video. And this is Professor Terry J. Lovell on Obama, talking about Obama and Holder suing the state of Arizona and its uh, and it's also talking about immigration law, SB 1070. Okay, here is the video.
Welcome to Patriot Network TV. We want to talk real quickly today about immigration. The U.S. federal government has entered into a lawsuit against the state of Arizona. In other words, the U.S. federal government, led by President Obama and Attorney General Holder, instead of siding with U.S. citizens, have cited their brief with the country of Mexico. On one side, we have the citizens of the state of Arizona, including great Americans like Sheriff Paul Babo, who is being threatened by cartel, by the Mexican drug cartel with execution. That's who's on one side of this. On the other side is Obama, Holder, and Mexico. The President of the United States, in a move that is absolutely without precedent in the history of our nation, has sided with a foreign government against a U.S. state. Let that sink in. In the filing of briefs, Mexico has filed an amicus curiae, a friend of the court brief, claiming that the Arizona statute is racist and unconstitutional and yada, yada, yada. But what's most alarming and upsetting to me is that the country, the United States of America, their chief duties are what? First and foremost, protect the citizens of America from foreign criminal invaders. And instead of doing that, they are suing us. I take this personally. SB 1070 is taken in large part from 8 U.S.C. 1304 CD&E. If you go to the U.S. Code, if you go to 8 U.S. Code 1304 and look at paragraphs C, D, E, and F, you'll find the majority of SB 1070 right there. It's federal law. It's been federal law since 1940 for attempting to enforce the federal law which the U.S. federal government has refused to do We are being sued by the U.S. federal government. Mr. Obama is on the side of the Mexican drug cartels, the human traffickers, the kidnappers, and the drug criminals from Mexico, Central, and South America. That's whose side he has taken against the good, decent, law-abiding citizens of the state of Arizona. Sheriff Babo is in a position where he has been threatened. He has been informed by the DEA the Border Patrol, ATF, and other intelligence-gathering law enforcement agencies that there are credible threats against his life. He's been marked for assassination by the Mexican drug cartels. And President Obama, instead of saying, look, I'm the chief law enforcement officer, I'm the chief executive officer, Mr. Holder, instead of saying, I'm the chief law enforcement officer in America, and I will not let foreign countries, drug cartels, threaten my sheriffs. I won't have this. By God, this won't stand. Instead of saying that, they're suing us. Suing us. Suing me for saying, I want the federal law enforced. If you're not mad about this, you're just not paying attention. If you are listening to this video, and I hope people in faraway places like, say, New York, Vermont, and Maine are listening, because if you're listening, I want you to understand, this is as much an attack on you as it is on the citizens of Arizona. Go online, get a copy of SB 1070, read it. There is nothing in that law that is racist or sexist or anything else. It is a law that says, per 8 U.S.C. 1304, paragraph C, D, E, and F, that if you are a foreign national legally in the United States, you must always have your identification with you. 
And if in the course of a regular stop, a traffic stop, a criminal investigation, whatever it is, if in that process we ask someone, show us your identification, and that identification doesn't indicate that you are legally in the United States, we can process you to get you out of the United States. Fully one-third of the prisoners in Arizona prisons are felons from Mexico. Let that sink in. One-third of the cost of our prisons is foreign felons because the U.S. federal government won't do their job. For the first time in the history of this country, the President of the United States has taken the side of the drug cartels against the law-abiding citizens of a state. I'm begging you, America, come to our aid. Think this through. You're next. If you don't stand up and fight, when they came... For the Jews, I didn't say anything because I wasn't a Jew. When they came for the Poles, I didn't say anything, I wasn't a Pole. When they finally came for the doctors and I screamed out for help, there was no one left to scream to. Stand up and fight now. That's the message. Okay, so that was that little audio clip. And I would go a little bit further saying if he said if that doesn't, um, you know, get you mad or whatever. Uh, I would say, go further as to say, you might want to check for a pulse if that one doesn't get you mad. Because, uh, I'll tell you, it, it's so flagrant what's going on right now uh, that <laughs> if it's not getting you mad, you really got to get off that fluoridated water. You really got to get off that fluoridated water because you are, <laughs> if that doesn't get me I don't know what will. So anyway, um, and again, the reason I say the fluoridated water because that will, fluoridated water is a proven fact they gave it to the Nazi prison camp uh, people to um, make them passive and make them just go along with anything. Okay, that's what one of the things. Fluor, fluoride is also one of the main ingredients in rat poison as well. And again, we did a whole study on that a couple weeks ago that you can reference. And uh, let's go further here. Next article is Obama to the states. Only the feds can enforce immigration law. But the feds will dismiss charges. This is from Roy Beck of Numbers USA. He goes on to say, at the National Press Club earlier this week, the main question asked me by the reporters was to the effect of, quote, what makes you think the Obama administration would actually declare a de facto amnesty without going through Congress? In other words, Obama just basically coming out and saying, we're just going to give all the illegal aliens amnesty and we're not even going to go through Congress. Okay. My answer, my answer is, were good, but not nearly so convincing as the Houston story, and I give you a little link for that, which appeared two days later that the feds are dismissing cases against arrested illegal aliens hand over foot. What we are learning from the Houston story is that the feds say they don't have enough money to deport the illegal aliens um, who haven't committed a violent crime. So the feds are just releasing them back into the population to commit more crimes and illegally hold jobs that unemployed Americans are seeking. I mean, it seems like a reasonable reasonable thing to do to me, you know. Uh, then it goes on to say, and we are supposed to be inspired by the Obama administration's claim in court that states should butt out of immigration enforcement because the feds have, co- have it covered? We are holding the press conference to announce a joint letter to President Obama signed by 18 organizations urging him to refrain from using de facto amnesty tactics that were outlined in a memo leaked from his Department of Homeland Security recently. 
The memo, which we told you about earlier and have a link here so that you can click on to see it, outlined ways President Obama could give some kind of amnesty to as many illegal aliens as possible if the Congress continues to refuse to pass the Comprehensive Immigration Reform Amnesty. So he's looking for any possible way he can to grant the illegal aliens amnesty, which, you know, is pretty incomprehensible. But then again, in light of everything that we've reported on, Regarding this devil, it really shouldn't surprise you. So let's go further. Next article. Judge halts the federal funding of embryonic stem cell research. Again, every one of these articles we're reporting on today, at least in the first part, pretty much involve Obama. It's just he's becoming the center of everything because he is where, and again, I understand, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities and rulers of wickedness. Okay, I understand. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, so we always have to understand where that this is a spiritual battle. But where Satan is channeling and funneling this spiritual battle through seems to be through Obama and his administration. It seems to be where the wickedness is coming through at a greater rate than I've ever seen it ever happen in America. So again, these are things we need to pray about. Okay, so federal judge halts funding of embryonic stem cell research. A judge has halted funding, federal funding of embryonic stem cells, which isn't just a slap in the face to the Obama administration, as Reuters says, it's a victory for life. An embryo is obviously a human life, and the destruction of an embryo is the destruction of a human life, even if some people would like to downplay that fact or deny it altogether. A U.S. district court issued a preliminary injunction on Monday stopping federal funding of human embryonic stem cell research in a slap to the Obama administration's new guidelines on the sensitive issue. Now, again, like this thing right here alone, this could have totally happened purely because Christians, born-again Christians, who were right with God were on their knees praying about it. I mean, are you telling me the devil did this? This is a really good thing that happened here. But most likely, prayer had a whole lot to do with this. Prayer that moved the hand of God. The court ruled in favor of a suit filed in June by researchers who said human embryonic stem cell research involves the destruction of human embryos. Judge Royce Lambert granted the injunction after finding that the lawsuit would likely succeed because the guidelines violated law banning the use of federal funds to destroy human embryos. Embryonic stem cell research is clearly research in which an embryo is destroyed, Lambreth wrote in a 15-page ruling. Now, the Obama Justice Department says it will appeal a judge's order temporarily halting federal funds for stem cell research that involves the killing of unborn babies. So Obama is going to make sure they repeal and do everything they can to keep this going, in other words. Just wickedness at every single turn when you look at Obama, the fruit. Every single thing the guy touches is pure wickedness. Next article. This is entitled, Ah, It's the Good Life. Obama begins his sixth holiday in the last eight months. That's a vacation every five weeks he's taken. The Obama family will begin their sixth holiday of the year today, an 11-day sojourn in Martha's Vineyard, the island destination of the wealthy and the well-connected American elite. 
President Barack Obama will be accompanied by his wife Michelle and daughters and are expected to stay at the historic Blue Heron Farm in Chillamark. Bill Burton, the Deputy White House Press Secretary, said that the U.S. President was going to spend a little time recharging his satanic batteries. Oh, I mean, his batteries, sorry. At the Massachusetts Island ahead of the November midterm elections. Quote, there will be some hiking, some time at the beach, some time for human sacrifice. Oh, I'm sorry, I <laughs> threw that one in. Some time at the ice cream store, all sorts of things you do when you're at Martha's Vineyard. You enjoy the people and the good food. He is also expected to work on his swing at the Mink Meadows Golf Club in the Vineyard Haven and to work out every day, as he did when the first family visited Martha's Vineyard last year. The tally of vacation days for an American president has become a very contentious issue in recent years. If there is one general generalization that can accurately be asserted about Barack Hussein Obama and the generations of Marxists before him is that they are always and always have been universally hypocrites. They preach classist sermons to the masses, the foundational fodder upon which their failed socialist regimes are constructed, all the time living lavish lifestyles characterized by elitism, and overtly conspicuous consumption. This generalization holds not just for Western socialists, but also for the Soviet-era mentors, of which I am a first-hand witness. The guy that wrote the article obviously was from, like, uh, Russia, I believe. And then there's another link I give you here uh, that I'm not even... It's part of this. It's called Obama and the Socialist um, Elite. Living lavish lifestyles characterized by elitism. Anyway, I just wanted to kind of throw that in in light of everything that we had just discussed about dear old President Obama to kind of give you a, a flavor of what's going on in his personal life and where his priorities are right now. <laughs> sorry. I know there's a hint of sarcasm in my tone. Uh, it's hard not to be. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway... Next article. Did you know that in certain states now, government officials can sneak onto your property, slip under your car in your driveway, and position a GPS monitoring device without breaking the law or the Constitution? The government agents can now sneak onto your property in the middle of the night, put a GPS device in the bottom of your car, and keep track of you everywhere you go. To all Americans who are used to constitutional rights to privacy, this is a shocking news indeed. How could any court in the land allow this? The extremely liberal Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals is the one court in the land which has created this draconian dictatorship scenario. Granting police this authority smacks of Russian communism during the days of Stalin. The communist secret police took surveillance actions with their level of technology that was just as troubling as this new authority given over to American police departments. How does the Ninth Court Circuit of Court of appeals justify granting this new police power in light of the privacy restrictions of the Fourth Amendment. They go on to say, this doesn't violate your <coughs> Fourth Amendment uh, because you do not have any reasonable expectation of your privacy in your own driveway. So, in other words, they say, this doesn't violate your Fourth Amendment rights because you don't have any reasonable expectation of privacy in your own driveway and no reasonable expectation that the government isn't tracking your movements. Now, this is bizarre and scary. This is the bizarre and scary rule that now applies in California and eight other western states. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Court, which covers this vast jurisdiction, recently decided the government can monitor you in this way virtually any time at once with no need for a search warrant. 
The absolute dictatorship, which Doc Marquis describes in the new DVDs, and this is from Cutting Edge, they're called The Protocols of Zion and the, Fulfill- and, and the Illuminati is Fulfilling Prophecy. Uh, this is now coming to reality very quickly. The familiar spirits which told the Illuminati leaders over 200 years ago that at the right moment in history they would be able to establish the most ruthless and cruel and efficient dictatorship the world has ever seen. And these leaders of 200 years ago accepted that revelation of blind faith. And now, in 2010, we can see how incredible, how the incredible advances in technical surveillance, coupled with the equally shocking loss of constitutional rights, is leading America directly into the terrible teeth of this dictatorship. So, in other words, this is something that was prophesied long, long time ago by familiar spirits that were channeling through occultists. They said this long time ago. But even more frightening is the scientific advance in the mark of the beast technology that will allow the implanted ship to even control your thinking. You realize further the type of trouble we are in when you learn of the federal government is heavily funding the most advanced chip on earth, implantable microchip on earth, and that the specific agency spearheading this effort is the dark and shadowy anti-terrorist organization known as DARPA. This agency is the one we fingered in 2002 as the one who would bring dictatorship to this country under the guise of fighting terrorism. Returning to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, we sounded the alarm back in early 2002 when President Bush and his Christian attorney, General John Ashcroft, took their case to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, arguing that the federal government had the right to arrest citizens without charges without the right to an attorney or to a trial and even to execute them secretly. Let me read that again. This was the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals um, back in 2002 when President Bush and his Christian attorney, John Ashcroft, took their case to that Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, arguing that the federal government had the right to arrest citizens without charges, without the right to an attorney or to a trial or, and to even execute them secretly. John, um, this John Ashcroft was the same guy that ruled against Dr. Greg Dixon in Indianapolis Baptist Temple and laid siege to that church, which was the largest independent fundamental Baptist church in America at the time in Indianapolis, and laid siege to that, forcibly removing the congregation that had camped out there via like SWAT teams, and then they bulldozed the whole complex to the ground to get even at them. Yeah, and it was over the whole 501c3 church issue. Imagine that. If you want to know more about that, go up to unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com unregisteredbaptistfellowship.com and reference, you can email them and say, I think the book is, they tore the old church building down or they tore the old lighthouse down or something like that. It's a book they put out, a booklet that Dr. Dixon put out on that and you can read all about it. He's, and Dr. Dixon's been on my email list for years. He's a great guy, a great man of God. So anyway, yeah, that's what happened there. Good old John Ashcroft. So going back to the article, that is how the liberal, the nice circuit court of appeals has always been. It's no wonder that the western states who fall under its jurisdiction have been hit with this horrible breach of our constitutional rights to privacy. And remember that video that we played you the other day where we were citing all of the federal, of the land that has been... Uh, went under national monuments, and that 
a lot of those western states have had more than 50% of their land literally stolen and under this this federal national monument jurisdiction and eventually it will be basically where no man can even set foot well i'm sure they had a lot to do with that as well let's go further uh, this article, this little video, is entitled Putting the Fun into RFID from Facebook and Coca-Cola. These are some of the first steps to warm the public to the RFID chips. They implement these Facebook bracelets at the Coca-Cola Village, a water sport, sunbathing, they should put fornicating, uh, game-playing amusement park, activity thing for teenagers. When the guests arrive and scantily dressed, they are given a bracelet ID which transmits an RFID signal, which they program with their Facebook login. They can then like, quote, like activities and places in the real village, and their actions then show up on Facebook. That way they can be tracked constantly. Because, see, that's what we need to be, right? We need to be tracked constantly. Most teenagers are driven by vanity, so there was a photographer present as well. If you want to tag yourself in any given image, all you had to do was wave your ID bracelet to the photographer. This will ultimately lead to the public getting the permanent chips. Now, I've had a lot of people ask me about, well, um, uh, Facebook. Facebook, I've reported on this many times, is nothing but a CIA-created uh, social networking site. It's basically a intelligence-gathering, information-gathering tool that they're using to gather as much information on the general public. Okay, this is why I got off Facebook months ago. And um, I had a lot of requests to be on it. I finally, I never really did anything with it for years. I finally got on it for about a month. And then I got all this information about Facebook and I said, I'm out of here. And uh, that's all it is. It's CIA. And just go up to YouTube and key in Facebook and CIA. And you'll find the videos. They're all up there. Uh, Coca-Cola, we talked about the high fructose corn syrup a couple weeks ago. How if you have five, let's just say, for example, Coca-Cola's per week, five cans, your risk of pancreatic cancer goes up 87%. And that's not just sugar. That's high fructose corn syrup, which is straight from the pit of hell. Okay, it's a, it is a cancer-feeding, causing machine. And if you look at almost any soda pop now, it's just loaded with it. High fructose corn syrup. It is not fit for human consumption. It is a cancer, and that's just one cancer. That it may, Now, imagine, there's people out there that are drinking a two-liter bottle per day. And I'm just talking about five Cokes a week, or five high-fructose corn syrup drinks a week. Can you imagine if you're drinking five uh, two-liter bottles a week? <laughs> it probably goes up to about 1,000% at that point. But again, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. They're trying to destroy us and kill us and dumb us down on so many different levels that it is almost impossible to keep up with it all. And I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad tidings, but this is the day and time we live in. And there's not a whole lot that I can do about it other than to inform you and for us to pray about it at this point and see what the Lord would have us do. The Bible says that evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13. So this is the day and times we're living in. Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah... So shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. He also said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was going on in Lot's day? Well, you know, sodomy, fornication, 
the uh, Sodomites were taking over, essentially, taking over Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, in Noah's day, the Bible says that man's mind were only, his th- thoughts of man's mind were only evil continually. So much so that it repented God that he even made man. He had to destroy the whole world. And that's a whole other subject regarding the Nephilim and the fallen ones and the, you know, the fallen angels procreating with women and these types of things defiling humanity, so much so to the point where he had to save Noah, you know, eight people on the ark and then the animals that got on the ark. The world had been so defiled. Well, Jesus Christ predicted that as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Remember those prophecies that we just talked about a little bit ago where Jesus is coming back, he's in the branch of righteousness, he is the King of kings and Lord of lords, he's coming back on a white horse. And the thing is, is we're really not that far off from that, if you think about it. World War III could literally start any day. And once World War III starts, that is most likely going to be the linchpin for the tribulation to start. Out of the ashes of World War III, most likely will come this Imam Mahdi, or this Christ, or this Krishna, or this fifth Buddha. That all the major religions are waiting for. And he's going to be the one that comes with the false prophet. And he's going to be the one that brings the false peace. The Bible says by peace he will conquer many. And Daniel says that. So he's going to be the guy with all the answers. We are really, I mean, we could really be on the cusp of that. Very, very shortly. So let's go, uh, let's go further. Let's play this little video clip for everyone. And, um, okay, so... Again, the title of this video is Putting the Fun into RFID Chips from Facebook and Coca-Cola. I'm not making this up. This is their video. They're playing. This is only about 53 seconds. Bringing the virtual world of Facebook into the real world of the village. Every village guest received a wristband holding an RFID microchip that contained their Facebook username and password. On each village attraction, we attached an RFID microchip capable of collecting the user's data and sending it directly back to Facebook, creating a real-time sharing experience for the guests with their Facebook friends. The teenagers, full of excitement, used the wristband non-stop. In addition, the wristband was also used to auto-tag the teenagers in pictures that were uploaded to Facebook online. The experience moved from the world of Facebook into the real world and returned to the virtual world in full capacity. Like? At the end, they've got this sheeple, the other ultimate government creation, and these humans dressed up in sheep outfits, which is pretty apropos, I guess, for the uh, for the video itself. So, anyway, I just wanted to play that to you. That's, you know, that's the brainwashing that's going on, just a small sampling of the brainwashing. Now, while we're on the subject of RFID chips, which stands for Radio Frequency Identifier Chips, which, um, like, uh, if you want to know a lot more about that, Catherine Albrecht is probably the authority on this from a Christian standpoint. I believe her website, Spy Chips, something, spychips.com, like that. You can reference it online. Anyway... Uh, this next article is entitled, RFID Trash Cans to Monitor Your Recycling Habits. It would be a stretch to say the Big Brother will hang out in the Clevelanders' trash cans. 
but the city plans to sort through curbside trash to make sure that residents are recycling and fine them $100 if they don't. You bad little Nazi. You weren't recycling. You're going to pay is basically what they're saying. The move is part of a high-tech collection system the city will roll out next year with new trash and recycling carts embedded with radio frequency identification chips and barcodes. The chips will allow city workers to monitor how often residents roll carts to the curb for collection. If a chip shows a recyclable cart hasn't been brought to the curb in weeks, a trash supervisor, or who I refer to as the trash Nazi, will sort through the trash for recyclables. Trash carts containing more than 10% of the recyclable material could lead to $100 fine. Oh, no. Oh, boy. The trash Nazi's coming. Remember, he's the guy with the little swastika in his armband. He's got the little Hitler mustache. That's how you can identify the trash Nazi. According to the waste collection consumer, Ronnie Owens, recyclables include glass, metal, cans, plastic bottles, paper, and cardboard. City Council on Wednesday approved spending $2.5 million on high-tech carts for 25,000 households across the... Now, you're telling me $2.5 million spent on this is going to offset this little bit of recycling that they may catch. What, what an absolute colossal waste of money. $2.5 million, just a lot of money. That could do a lot of good to like maybe repaving roads or fixing bridges or whatever. No, no, no. We got we to go into the Nazi mode. And we got we got to micromanage everybody on every single level now, even to the point of their trash. <laughs> this is expanding a pilot program that began in 2007 with 15,000 households. See, these people should be resisting this. They should be resisting this because if you let them do this, they're just going to keep doing it. The expansion will continue at 25,000 households a year until nearly all the city's 150,000 residents are included. Existing carts might be retrofitted with microchips. The chip-embedded carts are just starting to catch on everywhere. The, the Washington, D.C. suburb of Alexandria, Virginia, earlier this year announced it would ensure, issue carts to check people whether they are recycling. Big Brother at its finest. Some cities in England have now high-tech trash carts for several years to weigh how much garbage people throw out. People are charged extra for exceeding a lotted limage of garbage now in England. See, England's where a lot of this all starts, and then it seeps into America. Uh, I just watched a video from NRA on interviewing former gun owners in England, and they were begging people in, in, in Australia, and they were begging people. They said, don't sit back when you see them coming, and you see them wanting to take away uh, semi-automatic or any kind of firearm or any kind of ammunition, you have to fight them. We didn't do it. We just sat back and thought somebody else was going to fight the battle. And they took away all of our rights. And, that, and, they're, and they're very uh, contrite and humble about the whole thing. And wishing they would have not done this. Next article. Full body scan technology deployed in street roving vans. As, as privacy controversy around the full block body scanners begin to simmer, now these are the ones in the, in the um, airports, okay, in the courthouses, they use a terahertz radiation that literally unravels your DNA. It literally rips your own DNA apart. 
Okay. Not only do they take pictures where they can see every part of your genitalia, including the children that go through them, which would violate basically child pornography laws, I would think, but it also tears apart your DNA. And we reported on this in several other studies. So as privacy controversy around the full body scanners begin to simmer, it's worth noting that courthouses and airport security checkpoints aren't the only place where backscatter x-ray vision is being deployed. The same technology capable of seeing through clothes and walls has also been rolling out on U.S. streets. American Science and Engineering, a company based in Balerkia, Massachusetts, has sold the U.S. and foreign government agencies more than 500 backscatter X-ray scanners mounted in vans that can be driven past any neighborhood vehicle to see their contents. Joe Reese, a vice president of marketing at the company, told me in an interview, while the biggest buyer of AS&E's machines over the last seven years has been the Department of Defense operations in Afghanistan and Iraq, Rice says the law enforcement agencies have also deployed the vans to search for vehicle-based bombs in the U.S. This product is now the largest selling cargo and vehicle inspection system ever, says Rice. Here is a video of the vans in action. and There's a little link here you can click on if you want to see these Wicked vans in action. The Z backscatter vans, or ZBVs, as the company often calls them, bounce a narrow stream of x-rays off and through nearby objects and read the ones which come back. Absorbed x-rays indicate dense materials, such as steel. Scattered rays indicate less dense objects that can include explosives, drugs, or human bodies. It would also seem to make the vans mobile versions of the same scanning technique that riled privacy advocates as it's been deployed in airports around the country. The Electronic Privacy Information Center is currently suing the Department of Homeland Security to stop airport deployment of backscatter scanners, which I think is great, which can reveal detailed images of human bodies. It's no surprise the governments and vendors are very enthusiastic about these vans, says Mark Rotenberg, the director executive director of EPIC, uh, which is the one that's suing the Department of Homeland Security to stop these terahertz backscatter scanners in airports. Then he goes on to say, but from a privacy perspective, it is one of the most intrusive technologies conceivable. So again, they're, they've got all kind of Big Brother stuff that they're rolling out here and that they're implementing. Next article. Congressman takes on the invasive vans that peer into homes. Now, this is a congressman that has taken on these vans. Utah Congressman Jason Shafetz is speaking out against the vans that carry scanning technology inside them that allow people to see through walls of cars, trucks, and even into homes. These vans essentially can look through the walls of your home, look through the walls of a vehicle or a container, and they can tell what's inside. They can see through people's clothes and give you some great detail about people's bodies, much like they do at the airport. That's pretty scary, this this congressman is telling this uh, KSL News Radio. Chafetz says there are a few legitimate uses for the vans during a hostage situation or on the border to inspect trucks coming into the country. I'm sure they won't do it for that, though. I mean, we want to make sure as many illegal aliens get in here through the borders and through the, those types of things. We don't want to use them there. We just want to use them on American citizens. I'm sure that's, that'll be the only use, the way that they do things in this country. 
He goes on to say, but he says, other uses of the technology are an invasion of privacy that must be limited. To think that a van can drive down the street and literally look through the walls of a home to see who is inside and what they're doing, it was cute and funny to see it when we thought about it in the context of Superman, because he had x-ray vision. But when you realize that we have already sold 500 of these vans in America, I've, I've, got, a real, I've got real concerns about how and where they're using these, this congressman said. The congressman said he's already working on legislation aimed at limiting what circumstances these backscatter vans could be used for. And there's a full story you can click on here. I don't know if he has a petition or not. Next article. Uh, this is entitled, Entry Denied, All Meetings Canceled, Andrew Strom. I, this is from Andrew Strom, uh, evidently a Christian minister who comes here from New Zealand and speaks. He says, I am very sorry to announce to those of you who have been planning on attending some of our meetings over the next month uh, that we have been denied entry into the USA, and sadly we will have to cancel all our meetings. My whole family were detained for over six hours at the U.S. border yesterday. The USA side. Questioned, photographed, fingerprinted like criminals, and then sent back to Canada. We were told we could not come in to preach to a series of Christian groups like this, even though their website says that we can. I have already been here twice this year doing exactly the same thing. They let me in, but no more. They even fingerprinted my 15-year-old daughter. None of us, except our 9- and 11-year-olds, can even set foot in the USA again without going through the U.S. consulate and getting special permission we literally are now in the criminal class according to U.S. immigration. But see, the illegal aliens can pour over the borders. That's okay. We're going to grant them amnesty. We're going we're, we're to give them driver's licenses and jobs and give them all kind of governmental support. In fact, we're going to, Obama's went so far as we saw in, in one of the previous articles, is we're going to sue the Arizona government and be on the side of the illegal aliens and the criminals and the drug cartels on their behalf to make sure that their rights are represented. But we're going to send this Christian minister back to New Zealand, back over to Canada packing. I mean, makes sense, right? I mean, it seems fair. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic. All this because we were invited by church groups and church groups across the USA to come and preach a series of meetings. They told me that I have to have what they call an R-Visa. These take months and months to get, and often we never get, you would never get one. This is not what their website says, though. I'm, I'm assuming what mean the uh, website dealing with entry into this country for America, I, I believe is what he's in reference to. New Zealand is a visa waiver country, and conference speakers are specifically allowed into the U.S. under those rules. I asked them, how can a foreign preacher who is invited by a Christian group to the USA ever get in to preach then? They said, well, maybe that's okay for one or two meetings, but not for a series. So we cannot preach in churches across the nation, even though that is exactly what they have let me to do before. This is the first time I have ever been denied entry to do that very thing. And now we are all evidently criminals, never to darken the door of America again. It reminded me of this verse, Jeremiah 17, 20, Jeremiah 7, 28. It says, but thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. I really believe those days are coming probably pretty soon. But Jesus said, The night is coming. I must be about the works of my Father who sent me. The night is coming when no man can work. And this is kind of, we're, we're really seeing a lot of the draconian stuff going on right now. And, you know, this may be the last teaching I ever do. I don't know. 
There's no guarantees, that's for sure, the way things are going. But truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. I really believe there's a day and time coming because America has willfully and delightfully chosen their own delusions and their own abominations, as the Bible refers to, that God is just going to let America have it its way. Now, I'm not saying everybody, obviously. I'm not talking to my listeners. But I'm, I'm talking about the pseudo-Christian church in general. So let's go further. My family and I naturally came home from this pretty distraught and devastated. My daughter was crying in the car. Six hours is a long time to be detained like that. But you know, at the end of the day, God is in control. I felt sure then, and I feel sure now, that even though this was very distressing, God was speaking to us through it all. I believe he is the one who is slamming the door shut in America right now and doing so in no uncertain terms. We have been praying and many others have been praying for too long for this to have just been man's decision. I accept it as the voice of God. America is over for us. I just want to apologize again to all those who wanted to attend our upcoming meetings. I'm very, very sorry, my friends. Our family is still pretty shaken by all this, so we would certainly appreciate your prayers at this time. Um, God bless you all, Andrew Strong. So, I just got that this week. Is one thing after another after another. Uh, let's go further here. I tell you what, let's go ahead and let's go to the last part. Let's go to the last teaching. I will be able to get all this in in one. God bless you.